0: We're going to end the season with a record of loss, draw, and frankly, they should have been a loss. Loss, loss, loss. And then we'll, uh, we'll be going to Stockholm to face Ajax in great form. Looking forward to it.
1: No, I don't think we're going to lose to Crystal Palace on the final day of the season because they are safe. And uh, El Beach D... De... Yeah, but Jose's playing an under-23 side. He's promised um, Well, yeah, then we might have a chance because Rooney won't play. <laughs> OK, should we talk about 1-1 versus Vigo? Uh, which, which started out OK. Yeah, great first 20 minutes. Well, bad first five minutes. Then we really got into it for about 20 minutes. Lovely, lovely goal. What a cross from Mark Ross Rashford.
0: Mark Ross Rashford, yeah. Beautiful ball, wasn't it? And uh, as you yeah, pointed out on Twitter, Maren um, Fellaini, uh, the best header of the ball in the world when he doesn't need to jump.
1: Yeah, I literally wrote that in an article as if it was my own idea and then thought afterwards, wait a minute, I didn't think of that. Ed did. Sorry about that.
0: Ah, whatever. What's <laughs> yours is mine.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: Or the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then it got really, really, really bad. And uh, I'm not saying there's a one-to-one correlation here, but it's like, you know, 0.99 on the R-squared scale, correlation between Jose going negative and United being really, really bad.
1: No? Yeah, I mean, the only time United have gone really negative and it sort of worked was against Liverpool uh, at Anfield with the 0-0, where actually... We had some pretty decent chances in that game, and but I played a back six for a lot of it and it was generally functional because we didn't go that negative against Chelsea at Old Trafford because they were so terrible. But every other time it's been terrible. That Vigo second half, you know, we barely deserved to scrape through that tie.
0: Oh, I'm not sure we did. I mean, we were one Giudetti, John Judetti shot from five yards out. From going out. I mean, that was literally the last kick of the game.
1: So, friend of the show, Cal Gildart, sent me. He was at the game. Sent me a message after the game saying, uh, "Who tackled Guidetti at the end?" <laughs> I was like, "Cal, the beautiful truth is, no one tackled Guidetti at the end. Guidetti totally tackled himself. it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I think you know, on balance, United were vastly the better side in Vigo. So this has to kind of filter into our discussion of the tie. They really yeah, Look, for sure, look, but I don't, think this, I don't think this is really about
0: uh, did United deserve to go through. I mean, they were lucky because l- literally one kick away from going out. Um, yeah, much the superior side. But that's not the point, is it? This is against a mid-ranked Spanish side who overperformed last season, do not have any good players. I mean, really don't. Um, if Aspas and uh, Gudetti and Vass and Sisto, are their best players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not much there. And we absolutely bricked it. Bricked it. It's pathetic.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really, really poor. The thing that got me was because Vigo didn't look very good, every time we pressed them in their half, they panicked and started giving the ball away. But our response to that inalienable truth was to... Just no, listen, the halfway line is dangerous. We must stay in Mourinho's low block forever. Um it, it was it was it was kind of anxiety-inducing, but also kind of depressing. And and there's just no need. All United's best assets are in, apart from De Gea, all who wasn't playing obviously, all United's best assets are in attacking football. Pogba, Mkhitaryan, Martial, Rashford, all, you know, all up and down throughout the season, sure. But all United's best strengths are their attacking players. Every time we've looked good this season, it's been pressing and pressing intently and pressing in the opposition half. In order to get the ball back early.
0: Yeah, sure. But look, this is you and I are saying, hey... Our best players are attacking players. Let's focus on the attack. Attack's the best form of defence. That's not how Jose thinks. Jose thinks we've got some serious weaknesses at the back. I need to cover for that. I'm going to cover for that by uh, installing the low block, you know, and going to six men at the back, which is pretty much uh, how United played for the second half. Uh, I had to say, this is really. there have been very bright spots this season. Not too many of them, but there have been a lot of disappointments and frustrations. Uh, I have to say, over the last three games or so, I haven't quite felt as frustrated and angry with the manager. You know, and this isn't a Jose out rant, but this is Jose the Jose we didn't want rant. Yeah, and and I, I hope it's just his reaction to to everything that's going on. I, I don't agree with it. I hope it's just that reaction and we reset over the summer and can come back playing some decent football because this is not good.
1: No. And, and, you know, I completely sympathise with the um, big chunk of United fans who get very annoyed with people criticising the manager for uh, that performance when they say, we're in the Europa League final, it's our second cup final of the season, and, and that is a big achievement. It absolutely is. But we gambled to within an inch of... Uh, making it versus not making it in that game. And there's no reason it should have been that close. Um, So that is, it is a big knock on a manager to be one unmarked shot from five yards out away from not going to Stockholm. Follow, follow, follow. The Reds are not going to Stockholm, you know. Well, quite. And look,
0: coming so soon after the game at Arsenal where United were really, really mediocre, desperately mediocre and just, just given up. I mean, the manager's vibe has clearly got through to his players. You know, I'm not entirely blaming the manager here because the players have got some responsibility for performances. And they have fallen off a cliff. And I think the the thing that's really worrying is, I you know, I like the theory that you can get a good take it easy now, get a good rest, rotate heavily, and suddenly turn it on for Ajax. Mm. It doesn't work like that in football, does it? You know, nope. how often do you get into a rut of bad performances and suddenly
1: turn it on? And, and, how often do we see teams qualifying for a final with nothing else to play for, and then absolutely falling apart when they get into that game because they're out of that rhythm? In fact, we saw Vigo, Vigo in their performances in in both legs up to like the 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 last half, the last quarter of the tie was hugely affected by the fact that their team has basically been in neutral um, trying to go into drive for these games. Um, and that's just one example in the the litany of football. We see it with teams that make the playoffs early in, in the championship. We see it with teams that make the FA Cup final with nothing to play for in the lead up to it. Um, I'm sure I can't think of a Champions League final example off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are plenty. It, it It's... It, it is tough to break it out now. I I will do a proper Ajax preview next week. I still think we're better than them. That's that's well
0: for sure. Should be. I mean they they're not even the best side in Holland. Yeah. You know, Feyenoord have won the title, um, and and we spanked Feyenoord ago. Yeah. I mean they we're to lose to Ajax. <laughs> <clearly>. <laughs> um,
1: but, so I don't. This isn't all doom and gloom in terms of our chances of winning that game. And I think there is a reasonable likelihood we will turn up. But it's a huge risk just as completely surrendering all momentum in that tie. And, you know, you say the players need to take a share of the blame. And I think that's true for our season in totality. The players need to take a huge chunk of blame. As many is the time when it's perfectly reasonable to say it's not Mourinho's job to stick the damn ball in the back of the damn net. Um, But that second half against Vigo... You've got to give the lion's share of responsibility to that to Mourinho because he didn't give the team a chance. That, like, if they were set up, if that was their instructions, that team was not given a chance to perform to its strengths. Right, right. Fully agree. Yeah. Um, and it's, deep, it's deeply, deeply worrying
0: against such mediocre opposition as well. And I, I just I don't understand the thinking. I mean, I think he called United being out of the top four too early. Um, and I think it's affected the way the the team has performed in some recent matches. City, Swansea. City very negative setup, very, very negative in the second half. Swansea, very poor game coming off the back of that. Um I guess the players mentally had given up. Arsenal terrible. Vigo horrible for the last forty-five plus thirty. Um and Spurs will come on to terrible as well, you know? And it's it's um it's a combination of Poor form, changing the team, changing the the uh, the tactical setup—total mess against Tottenham—and um, the kind of negativity, uh, both of Mourinho's sort of outlook and and public comments, and his tactical setup. You know, it's really, really, really odd for me, and um, I would have preferred. Totally honestly, uh, if Mourinho had had given up, which he had done, and just said, well, look, um, these players need a big rest, so I'm going to play eight under 23 players now, or six of them, and we'll just give it a go. Uh, But instead, it seems like he much prefers to have a narrow loss like uh, against Arsenal and say, hey, we gave it a really good shot, and here's an excuse, and here's an excuse, and here's another excuse.
1: I mean, I guess the only counter-argument to that is you do get in trouble with the league if, No, you don't. When has anyone ever got in trouble with the league? Basically, the rule is
0: you name a 25-man squad, they're all good enough to play for Mm. your team.
1: I I, I think there'd probably have been a bit of a fuss kicked up if he would started playing the under-23s six weeks ago. So what?
0: A a fuss Mm. in the papers. But seriously, um, you you name your squad. What are you saying? That the FA now gets to dictate what is the, the right team, you know? FA Chairman picking United side. I don't think so. I'm
1: not saying that. I'm saying that I seem to remember Fergie having some. There was some conversations. Sometimes uh, this is all a bit of a hazy memory. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's no no requirement to play what they call a kind of full strength side um, in the league.
0: What is that when you have a when you have a when the FA forces you to name a squad? What is a full strength side? Yes. Yeah, How do
1: you measure it? It's true because we play Rooney and we're not getting in trouble. That's the. Yeah, that is the that's the second. Well, would you have to have a number
0: of players who have played X number of games in the season in order for it to qualify? Yeah,
1: no. It's, well, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Because Marcus Rashford against Arsenal would have counted as as kind of like a not full strength player sort of thing, and
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's great for the papers and for Sky TV and all the pundits and whatever to say, oh, isn't this terrible? You know, but uh, uh, I mean, what we've seen is terrible. United never had a hope of beating Spurs or Arsenal because they didn't give it a shot. So what was the point?
1: I don't know. In the first half against Arsenal, there was a bit of a chance. I thought it was kind of a reasonable shot, and it was. It was only after they scored that United really fell apart in that game. Not that I'm not saying it was wildly impressive before that. I'm just saying there was kind of a shot. Um, but no. I mean, should we should we come on to Spurs straight away? Because we might we might as well. Sure. Um, I can't think of any. Oh yeah, Vigo—the sending off. I guess let's let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. That was, I mean, Guidetti's miss at the end was real good karmic account, uh, quick karmic re- retribution for Guidetti for um, his horrible simulation. Uh, bai and Valencia went from zero to sixty very very quickly. Um,
0: well, Ron Keglia punched Bayi. Right, right. So he's—he's. He's, he's, I mean, it's a great picture of it. Someone's got a still of of the fist going into Bay's chin, um, and that's where Ron Ron has got sent off, uh, and Bay's reacted, and he's—he's he's barely brushed Guadetti. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is pathetic, and the guy's gone down like he's been shot. I, you know? I
1: wondered whether they'd appeal, but there's—I've not heard any talk about that whatsoever.
0: No there's no there's no right of appeal right so you can only appeal if it's mistaken identity. <gasps> so they'd have had to say well no it's it's uh, Valencia that pushed him over.
1: I thought the mistaken identity thing was um was to do with uh when it's two yellow cards but I thought that if it's a straight red you can but apparently uh, apparently not. Apparently not because
0: yeah referees are infallible much like the pope. In UEFA's eyes, I
1: wonder if the Pope. I wonder if official UEFA policy is what the uh, official uh, UEFA policy is on on PayPal uh, infallibility.
0: <laughs> I don't know. If someone would sponsor it, they'd have a policy. Mm.
1: Yeah, so you're right. It's 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 uh, it's mistaken identity only, even in the case of a straight red. Wow, that seems absolutely oh, it's really frustrating um, because obviously by missing out on the final is a is a huge miss for United.
0: Well, well it really is. Who, who gets the spot along alongside Blint? Yeah, you know, is it Tweedle or Tweedledee? D?
1: <laughs> well, um, were they both in action against Spurs? I have, I'm going to come clean about this next game. I, I was at the game, but I was really mostly just thinking about Chaz and Dave for almost all of it. The press box at Spurs. Yeah, is, well,
0: frankly, I think I'd have rather played Chaz and Dave. at the back than smalling and Jones.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I put my beer on the sideboard here. Let Bailey sort it out if they come round here. Um, this is this was uh, very much um the farewell to the lane. That's all my memories of yesterday are really about that rather than the game itself. The press box at Spurs is right on the pitch. It's I, I was sitting literally by the wall of the tunnel. So there was an amazing view of the players coming in and out. I've never been so close to Juan Mata in my life, um, but uh, a terrible view of the action on the pitch. So I got a very hazy sense of it just being terrible um, for almost all the game.
0: Yeah, well, um, it was hard to work out exactly what you know, formation United were playing, trying to guess it beforehand. Was it a three at the back or four at the back? It turns out it was it was basically four at the back with... Uh, by uh, right back uh, and uh, the Chuckle Brothers in the centre, and Zabi given this man marking job on Eriksson, which did United absolutely no favours at all. I mean, Eriksson doesn't play through the centre for a start, so Zabi's like pulled into wide positions constantly. Eriksson, uh, you know, for he, he's not the perfect playmaker by any means, Eriksson. But he's got great movement. And so uh, he was moving all over the pitch. It basically left United a man down in defence all of the time. It was horrible. I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. So this is a game in which that, you know, what is is Mourinho's calculation that we're probably going to lose this game? He wants to make a lot of changes. I mean, uh, apart from Smalling, uh, there's maybe Martial and Blint, or probably not Martial, maybe Smalling and Blint are the only players... In that team that will start the Europa League final, so he's done what he wanted. He's made all those changes, and then he comes up with this bizarre tactical thing. For what reason? Yeah, I mean, you know, to try and keep the score down or something.
1: Against. So, first of all, I think Eriksson. I, I wonder if we need to slightly reevaluate his level of quality. I thought it was interesting that Spurs fans voted him their player of the season. Spurs Junior fans voting Deli Ali their player of the season. Um, I just thought that was a really interesting vote. Um and kind of shows you what esteem Ericsson's held in there, given given the serious contenders mm-hmm. for that position. Um, and he has had two really good seasons in a row as Ericsson. Um but United it obviously Tuanzebe did an excellent job on Sanchez, just as Herrera had done such a good job on um Azard, but I think the difference between uh, negating Hazard for Chelsea Sanchez for Arsenal and Eriksen for Spurs is massive because Spurs have got so many other weapons that can hurt you I mean Arsenal you could say Ozil but you can and in fact Ozil was the one that kind of did the damage against United um, in a way like when 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 Arsenal got on top um, and then uh Chelsea's only real other weapon was Pedro who he stuck Damian on to basically man mark so you know really negated them the Twanzebi on Ericsson thing just didn't make any tactical sense because like you said during the game he, he just kept pulling United out of shape and Ericsson seemed maybe to respond slightly more intelligently to being man marked and almost kind of took advantage of it to, to drag Twanzebi around the place like Ericsson picked up the ball in his own half a couple of times and sprayed like and Twanzebi came with him and Ericsson sort of sprayed Long passes, uh, as a result of that, and there was there was kind of space created by that. It was it was a pretty good anti man marking performance, I thought.
0: I just thought the whole thing was really odd, uh, and it, it just in my mind it now says that you know Jose doesn't have a tactical response to uh, the best sides, which which isn't about destruction. Now he's uh, you know I guess that's always been his thing, even when he's trying to find an attacking response to. Uh, um, An opposition, it's it's about destruction first. Even against Chelsea, where United did play well, you know, it was the high press, uh, which was the kind of positive defensive move, isn't it? You know, but most, this mm-hmm. isn't. This is just about um, I'm going to do the best I can to destroy the best thing they've got. I Spurs just have too many other good players uh, for that to have worked. Um, you know, m- maybe maybe he'll get some kind of stimulus from. Uh, coming up with a system to beat Ajax, you know, this a uh, young attacking Ajax side, and they'll get some get some joy from trying to ruin their day, uh, because it's not going to be, hey, we're going to impose United system. On the opposition, we're going to out, out attack them, outscore them. Is it? You know, we haven't had that all season, and we definitely haven't had that in the last few games. It's it's deeply frustrating. And I, you know, I'm not going to come out with all the kind of cliches about the United way. And I know Ferguson in his last sort of three or four seasons got very pragmatic, and before that, and one-off occasions, he would certainly get very pragmatic too. But this is the pits. At the moment, you know, I cannot believe there are too many United fans happy to see this, you know. It's all predicated on winning that game in Stockholm.
1: You know, we used to, like, the United Way thing, we used to complain all the time that Fergie had abandoned that. Like, I know it now, we don't like to talk too much in retrospect about just how much we complained about Alex Ferguson. But... It's true. I used we we did on this podcast. I saw plenty of criticism of Ferguson for going so negative in his later years, in relative terms. And it was really only the last season, the first half of the last season, where he just went, "Ah, all right, good luck." But the reason that he did that was because he recognised that that was where United's strengths lay: Robin van Persie, um, but also the kind of supporting cast around him. Um, this season, that, that you know, you talk about that Ajax game and the idea that we're going to go into that game to try and negate them. First of all, I'm not convinced that that's what we will, will do because there have been plenty of games this season where we have sought to impose ourselves on the opposition those games have been against the teams outside of the top six. That's generally been Mourinho's approach. has been has been quite positive. Has been, you know, there was that that stat like two thirds of the way through the season, Ander Herrera was the player in the Premier League that had made the most interceptions in the opposition half of any player in the Premier League, and that was indicative of that style of play that we played. And that's how we need to go at Ajax. If we sit back, we you know uh, Ajax beat Leon four one and then lost to Leon three one. So you know you see how vulnerable. They are to a team that's prepared to pick up pick up their tools and go for it. I don't know why I said pick up their tools; that is a redundant sentence. any team that's prepared to go for it. So hopefully, 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 we will. But like you say, there's there really has been nothing in these last few weeks that that say we will. The only glimmer of hope is that the teams he's been putting out in the last few weeks have been uh, the jobbers of the United side. You know that the, they've been sent out to. Uh, to gamely lose, basically.
0: Yeah, um, but what side is he going to pick? I mean, we'll, we'll do a fuller preview. He's going to pick Fellaini and and he will he might even pick Lingard. He's a big game player, you know, and this not, not to have a go at Lingard at all because he's a better player than people give him credit for. But I don't think he's going to go out there playing, you know, Martial Mkhitaryan and Matter and all the attacking players and, and uh, go yep united are going to batter this lot it's uh, it's a one off game i think he'll he'll look at the the weaknesses of of ajax and he'll look at their strengths which is they throw a lot of players forward and create chances and he'll go i better fix that you know so we're going to have herrera and fellaini sitting and he's going to try and negate the opposition strengths but first there, then we'll see about united there's
1: a massive degree of difference between playing Fellaini and Lingard and leaning defensive versus the low block against Vigo in the second half. You know, a couple of personnel tweaks, you know, a couple of personnel things that you might pick out as like, "Mm, that's a little bit more negative than I want. That's fine. I'm not bothered about that. What I'm talking about is the complete surrender of momentum and impetus that we had against Vigo. That kind of just low, low block all day, every day, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I don't expect that. I agree with you. I don't expect that against Ajax. But then again, I'm not going to be blown off my socks. <laughs> Does that make any sense? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You know, it is not going to be a complete shock to me if that happens either. If if he goes well, we're really tired and we're really injured, you know all that. I, you know what I um I looked into. I, I know it's a uh, totally unfair to compare across seasons because every season is different and so on and so on. Um, but um, uh, United will finish on sixty four games, same number of games that United played in the ninety nine season. I think, think it's one um, fewer,
1: and I think that's yeah, one or fewer. Is it, did you play 63 believe, in 99? No, this yeah, year anyway. we're playing one so, fewer than we did in 98, 99.
0: That's what. Okay, so we play 63 again, 64. Um, and, in, and in April and May, uh, we'll play two more games, uh, basically. Uh, so, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more um, of, a, of a workload, but hell of a lot less intense given how much we've given up on the last few games. I mean, Ferguson had a game that he had to win to win the league. I mean, people forget how close the league was that year. Um, a game that he had to win in the FA governor a game he had to win in the European Cup final. And um, he used a much, much smaller pool of players. You know, uh, Mourinho's going on about he's only got 14 players. Actually, he's used he's distributed games far more widely um, than Ferguson did. So, you know, and it's... And and, and I may be contradicting my point from last week when I was saying Mourinho hasn't used his squad well, and and I still don't think he has because I think he didn't rotate, and now he's making eight changes a game. <laughs> um, but you know he's he's not had a tiny squad in comparison. He hasn't really played that much more football, and the schedule hasn't been that more intense, and the reaction has been totally different. You know, uh, Ferguson's reaction to to needing to win a game was to throw on four strikers. Uh, we'll probably play four centre-halves if if uh, Mourinho needed to do that. And, you know, obviously this is uh, the rant of a frustrated United fan having seen exactly what we didn't want from Mourinho in the last few games. It's got to work as a strategy. He, you know, it's all about winning that game in Stockholm. It's the only justification.
1: And this is the thing. I think it's it is kind of important at this stage not to just completely lose it at him because the the there is method in his madness I, I you you can i'm i'm also frustrated and and was have been pretty angry watching some of the games but there is method in his madness it's not like he's I kind of agree that he gave up on the league too soon. I think he's partly responsible for the injury crisis that happened this season, only partly, but but partly. Um, I think some of his man management has been extremely questionable over the course of the season. And we've kind of seen that this idea that it sort of worked brilliantly on Mkhitaryan and Martial turn out to be a bit of a false dawn, really, uh, for both of them. But anyway, th- th- that aside... Um, There have been a lot of injuries and he's been a bit moany about it. But on the other hand, he has steered the team by the skin of their teeth to the Europa League final. And if he ends up winning the Europa League, then then the strategy has basically paid off. Um, Even even though what you would ideally do with a strategy is reduce luck and variance and actually he's kind of maybe maximized luck and variance a little bit. Um, and if he wins it, ultimately, you've got to say, well, despite everything. Th- I mean, th- the other thing, the other thing that's kind of important to say at this point is that if you're a home and away red, this has been kind of an amazing season. Trip to Wembley, trip to Stockholm. That kind of experience is precious and priceless and amazing. So, you know, that that's the kind of a uh, 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 thing to bear in mind. But the league performance has been abysmal, and we've massively drifted away from the Tottenham game. But uh, there wasn't too much in that Tottenham game. The one thing that really confused me was the late substitutions to chase the game. Um, when he brought on the big dogs, uh, he brought on Herrera, Mkhitaryan, and even eventually Rashford. Um, and we got one goal back because uh, Martial had some friends in the, in the same half as him, and that and that seemed to help. But it, it seemed almost an odd thing to have the game completely out of reach, and then play the players that you were clearly resting. Uh, I didn't really understand the logic. Maybe it's just to keep their legs fresh?
0: No, I don't. No, I didn't understand the logic at all. I mean, it's not as if... I mean, you actually were better in the second half because it was appalling in the first half, uh, but not that great. I mean, two shots on target in the entire game. I am racking my brain. I cannot remember the second one. I mean, clearly... Rooney really got one on target, just about. I mean, if you claim, if if you can call that on target, because it was almost going wide, I think, um, before Vertonghen put it in. Um, the other one, I, I don't. I mean, I looked at the stats.
1: It it says save. Yeah, there was there was a, a shot went a, a sort of shot that went centrally at Lloris at some point. I remember. I can picture Lloris kind of saving a ball pretty easily uh, at one point um, from distance. I think, but I don't remember whose shot it was. Um that Martial had those two, they weren't neither of them were on target, but he had two kind of cutting inside and shooting on his right foot, the one that whipped just over both of them were really yeah. narrow misses. They were they were good. He had a decent a decent game under impossible circumstances, I thought.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a shame one of those didn't go in because it would have been a beautiful goal. He's certainly got it in him. Could have done with it.
1: Uh, Rooney was absolutely garbage, and I, I'm, I, I've always reluctant to. I've been, I've had Rooney criticism beaten out of me by the response in the last few years uh, to talking about it on the podcast. The, the sense that people have got it way overblown. That somehow I've got something in for him, or you know, don't give him credit when he does well. I always really try to do that. Um, I don't know how you could say anything about his performances against Arsenal or Spurs other than he's completely shot. Any Premier League manager would be absolutely out of their mind to try and get Rooney in the side. He can't cut it at this level anymore. He's got to move abroad. I mean, he said in the week that he wants to stay at United uh, next year.
0: Well, that's be... just uh, that's negotiating tactics on the, the payout yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, United have made a mistake, and they gave him a five-year contract, uh, and they're going to have to suffer the financial consequences of that. Because why would he move? You know, it's, it's twenty million pounds. He's not going to give up twenty million pounds just like that, and and he'd be absolutely mad to do it. So, um, but you're right about him uh, in terms of a player. He can't cut it at the top level. I mean, if he went to Everton, he'd be good squad filler for their uh, you know League Cup and and Europa League campaign, I guess. Uh, but, but apart from that, uh, MLS is beckoning, um, or maybe China would make the really big money that, that seems to matter to him. Um, I mean, uh, he might be revitalised by moving to MLS. Uh, uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger is doing very well and having a good time uh, at but a Bast- not very good club.
1: Bastian Schweinsteiger didn't seem anywhere near as short as Wayne Rooney does. You know I, know, I know, like, his fitness was not where we would have liked it to be, but he still did a pretty useful job a few times, bashing trying to start again. Wayne Rooney hasn't done a useful job for months. I mean, he had a couple of little half-purple p- patch around the Swansea game earlier this season. I think we talked about being it being, this is the new version of the Rooney-purple patch, and wasn't particularly impressive at that. Of course, he scored against Tottenham, but uh, his all-round performance was just, totally dire and and yeah i mean if we keep him there can't be any way we're keeping him beyond this summer can there Um, i mean why would he stay i mean i know it's a lot of money but he's gonna play even fewer games next season presumably uh
0: presumably yeah um i don't know uh it's happened before i mean he seems like a man who has some pride yeah and uh, so he but, should. Uh, if the politics and the uh, and the contract situation don't don't play out then then he might stay they'll find a way to pay him off uh, i I presume, and he'll get a nice fat check from wherever he goes, goes next
1: and and you know fair enough, and if he's out for to make some money then don't have any qualms about that it's a It's a short career, and he's been one of the best to ever do it so you know that's uh, fair enough um but yeah just please please. Please, no more. Please, we've had enough. Please. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, but what about Rooney? <laughs> um, uh I, I guess we should take some roundcast questions. Right, I'm sure lots of the stuff we would have discussed will come up. Mm, to a bit of a bumper, a bumper set of questions. Try and try and get through all the questions we've been asked tonight. All right. All right. Uh, Tom Byfield at Tom underscore Byfield says, if you were Mina Riola, what would you spend your 41 million pounds on? <laughs> Wow. that I mean, that is good work if you can get it, isn't it's it? It's way more than that as well, because that's just the Pogba money. That's not the Mickey money. That's not the Zlatan money.
0: So who's our director of football this summer? Is it is it Jorge Mendes or is it Mino <laughs> Raiola? Are they job-sharing? Well,
1: that's a good question. I think it might be job-sharing, because I think we've got all Mino Raiola's good clients already.
0: At, um, at Wolves, they've appointed Jorge Mendes as their director of football for the summer. Um, the Chinese owners there have have uh, built a relationship with him. Uh, Paul Lambert is apparently thinking about quitting because he's just going to be given a bunch of Jorge Mendes clients wow. um, and told
1: to work with them. Well, hopefully that's not going to happen to us. Um, but, yeah, I think I would, obviously, I'd make sure my family were well taken care of. There would be uh, substantial donations to charities close to my heart and uh, I'd buy myself a... a a nice suburban house and a um a fairly uh high spec uh saloon car <laughs> i think that'd be it I'd, I'd have a holiday or two nothing nothing too crazy i'd buy a, i'd probably buy an expensive gaming pc that, that that's gonna it's only gonna be like a couple of thousand of the 41 million but that's that's the the one luxury i would have myself
0: very nice. I'd I'd uh, I'd pay Wayne Rooney to make that <laughs> apology video uh, that he never did after demanding a transfer to Manchester City.
1: What would you do with it, really, Ed? What's What's your uh, What's What's? Well, that seems like that seems like good. <laughs> seems like great value for my money. No toys, no toys. That, I know you you pay attention to the world of technology. Nothing sort of nothing in the ten million pound range caught your eye. Uh, well.
0: Oh, I mean, there aren't any gadgets you can spend that much money on, um, apart from helicopters and planes and stuff. I can't say I really want a helicopter. It's unnatural and things shouldn't fly. don't understand the physics of it. Well, I do understand the physics of it and it definitely shouldn't fly. Uh,
1: I feel like your house would be even more automated than it currently is. It would just be, you'd just have a bigger house automated in exactly the same way your current house is. Actually. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yes, Mrs. Rant. Hates the automation. She's like, I hate it. I can't stand it.
1: You buy, pay like some of the 41 million would be to just give her a wing of a house somewhere with no gadgets in it.
0: Zero gadgets, yes. Back to the Stone Age.
1: At the Curse of Chris says, how overpriced will Wayne Rooney be sold for this summer? It won't be because all the money will go to uh, paying off his contract, right?
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine we get a fee unless, unless um, some... Uh, well, no, I mean, you won't get a fee out of MLS. No one in England, in their right mind, is going to pay a fee, or across Europe. So I guess you're looking to the Middle East or China. Uh, I'm I'm guessing they've spotted this ruse already with Rooney and uh, and yeah, it's true. It's basically, going to have to pay him off.
1: At M C F H S I E H, Jason says, uh, "Where are you guys watching the final? Uh, because it's on a Wednesday night, and I'm working early on the next Thursday morning. I'm watching it in my living room. A uh, bit of a shame that. Well, uh, I'd be quite happy to watch it in Stockholm uh,
0: if someone w- would like to furnish me with a ticket." <laughs> Um, no, I'm talking no. st- Stockholm's great. By the way, I, I really, really enjoy the city. Apart from the unbelievably expensive beer, I mean, just unbelievably, yeah. Beautiful women, unbelievably expensive beer.
1: Um, yeah, I, I hear that that's the problem. I wonder how many uh, cans are going to be flown into Stockholm. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's going to be a lot, a lot of a lot of people traveling with a lot of cans. Um, we tried to get tickets for the 2011 Champions League final. We've got a slightly bigger audience now. Maybe uh, maybe someone will sort us out, Ed. Um, I'm going to need flights and hotel as well. Sorry. <laughs> so maybe you just want to take Ed. He could probably take care of that stuff himself. Um, at Cal Gildart, aforementioned friend of the show, says, as one of them's destined to start in Stockholm, Smalling or Jones and why? Uh,
0: well, it's going to have to be Smalling just because he's playing. Um, I mean... Jones. I oh, know. Yeah, Jones no, no, played no, no. yesterday. What am I talking
1: about? Jones played
0: against Tottenham. Yeah, He
1: made a really good clearance uh, off the line, Actually, A really good uh, kind of scurrying back and covering De Gea, cleared the ball off the line.
0: Yeah. I, think, I probably have a little more faith in Jones. Yeah, I think. I probably have a little more faith in Jones because Smalling has had a stinker of a season when he's been fit. I
1: think on almost every level, Jones is... Better than Smalling, uh, almost everything. Even when Smalling was at his best, I guess you could say like command of uh, of, of aerial positions in the area. But Smalling's shakiness is just a, a, a nightmare. And, and Phil Jones might make a calamitous mistake, but he'll he's also kind of likely to make a brilliant last ditch challenge or clear. But I don't. I think he's. I think a lot of the criticism Jones gets is because he's got a funny face and he's really injury prone. I don't think he's that calamitous, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it it is a deep, deep shame, isn't it, that uh, these two have not progressed? Yeah. I mean, really, one uh, Smolly had one very good season. Yep. Um, And Jones has had bits of good seasons all throughout the last seven years. Yep. But uh, never in its entirety. Um, I guess the the time is to call time on those two because we know what we're going to get now, so... Um, if they retain, if they if they stay in Manchester over the summer, and they're in the squad next season, we we are going to get uh, inconsistent performances and injuries guaranteed.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think he will get rid of both of them in the summer, though. Uh, that's that would be my guess if I had to guess now. Uh, at J Mole thirty McRory, Gordon Henderson. Uh, says, why does everyone think Romero is good enough to be United number one? If De Gea goes, we need to No not. Nobody, I mean, some people might think that, but definitely everyone doesn't think that. I don't think either of us think that, do we?
0: Yeah, and I still don't get the logic. I mean, he's going to start the Europa League final and we had a whole discussion about how Jose not going to be sentimental about this. It's, it's entirely sentimental for whatever reason. He's never actually explained it, ever. Um, but he's going to go into a £100 million game, uh, given the, the lucrativeness of the Champions League contract and the penalties United will take uh, if they are not in the Champions League. A million pounds game playing less than his best side.
1: I was talking to Chris Vokes yesterday, who covers United for Goal.com, and was the journalist who asked Mourinho the question that you referred to last week about um, whether Romero was just now the Europa League goalkeeper. And Mourinho kind of fudged his answer to that question. But... He's just lying. <laughs> he's just It's just really straightforward. He's just lying. Romero's his Europa League goalkeeper. Um, and and when he starts in the final, I mean I I, I would I'd fly a plane banner saying start to Gea. It's pretty good against Spurs, I thought. Um, kind of was pretty good against Arsenal too. You know, you cut out wondering if he's kind of got a point to prove. And maybe, maybe if Jose is um ends up starting to Gea, maybe it'll have been a masterstroke to get to Gea to his absolute peak performance again after, after he had his head turned by Madrid, you know. But that's a very big if. At Palavikonath says, do you think Jose will change his tactics next season if he gets the players he wants or more of the same, i.e. defensive football?
0: Well, my hope is that he will bring in some, uh, well, a midfield destroyer, and uh, a centre-back and I guess a right-back and no not a right-back a left-back so if he gets those three players at very high quality maybe he'll have more faith in United's ability to actually defend uh, without playing six players at the back Uh, right now my guess is he just doesn't have any faith in United's ability to you know even though the team didn't actually concede very many goals in the Premier League this season. Uh I think he just doesn't have much faith in them at the moment. Um and, and that's why he's gone so negative. Uh so if he gets the players, maybe. If he doesn't, I wonder whether we'll see if a very highly pragmatic side next season uh trying to one nil their way to uh, top four finish.
1: We've got to stop calling it pragmatic because there's nothing pragmatic about it. The pragmatic approach to this United squad would be, say, go out and attack with every fibre of your being because that's how you best maximise what's there in the squad. It's habitual, negative, defensive. Pragmatic is, a, is far too kind a euphemism for it because if it was pragmatic, it'd be practical and useful, but it's not. It's almost always a disaster.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, at Trotsky Grip, hello, comrade. Says uh, we wanted Jose to use four three three to get the best out of the team. Is it time for four four two? Considering neither Fellaini nor Rooney would fit into a four four two. You could absolutely play Fellaini as the as the big man in a big man little man situation in a four four two. Of course, you could. He'd be classic. That'd be that's basically Fellaini's best position.
0: Yeah, just launch at him and uh, let him chest the ball.
1: Yeah, or header without jumping. Uh, I think four four two would be much too open for Mourinho. Although it's nice to see four four two making a comeback, I wrote something about Dwight York and um, it made me nostalgic, not just for York and Cole, but for for strike partnerships in general. Because there's not much better than a strike partnership when it works well, and it's a it's a lost it's a lost art the strike partnership. Mm. So, so when
0: when when are we uh, going to have? We 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 normally ban transfer talks, don't we, until right yeah. at the end of the season? Because you know, honestly. If you want gossip, you can go anywhere. (coughs) Yeah, But uh, it will be interesting. Uh, I mean, he's got to get those defensive players, I think. And I'm going to assume that's going to be his first focus. The club's first focus will be something different. Um, for marketing purposes, they are going to want to bring bring in a Zlatan replacement, aren't they? They're going to want to bring in that Griezmann or that James Rodriguez or whatever the speculation is Mm -hmm. this week. Could be some tension there.
1: It's James Rodriguez. That's what the speculation is this week. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, hmm you excited by that one? I mean, he's, he
0: can be a brilliant player. I'm not quite sure we need another number 10.
1: At Marcus Rash talk says, that's a, that is a good Twitter handle. I'm normally against Twitter handles with footballers' names in, but Marcus Rash talk is good. Um, he asked two questions. One, what's our best centre-back pairing for the final? We'll come back to that next week. Um, but two, do we really need James Rodriguez next summer? Uh, there is no doubt we do not really need James Rodriguez, but if he's going to play a number 10 every week and James Rodriguez is going to, be that number 10 and he's going to use Mkhitaryan and Mata never at 10 but but on the flanks then sure I mean it's, he's obviously a very fine player at his best but but Rodriguez needs to be motivated and he needs to be played in the position that he plays in um, and he needs to play all the time yeah. uh,
0: and he's definitely suffered I mean he's, his numbers are good for the times he actually plays um, but he suffered from not being in the Madrid side. Yeah, I mean, hey, if United did go spend 60 million on Rodriguez and 80 million on Griezmann, it, it would be a very exciting strike force. It would also mean that Marcus Rashford and Anthony Marcialo are spending another season on the bench.
1: At mm. uh, Mango Underscore Carrot, friend of the show, Mike says, "Am I allowed to be a bit mopey and generally down on Jose, or do I have to be all woohoo Europa League final? Even though he's had a five out of ten season, Mike, you do you." Yeah, I
0: I think it's been a six out of ten season, and he could push to a seven if he he wins the Europa League because that would be three trophies, Mm, mm, two trophies, three trophies. And a whole lot of turgid football. Yeah. Still, three trophies.
1: You're absolutely allowed to be a bit mopey and generally down on Jose, so long as you promise not to have a go at people who are more up on Jose. Because the thing that is really annoying is people telling each other how they should feel about their analysis of football. Um, Of course you're allowed to be a mopey on Jose. You set the metric that you think is a successful season, and that's fine. Like, I would call it a 6 out of 10 season, even if he wins the Europa League. Because I think in, inherent in it has been such a big gamble that even, you can't say that even if
0: you can't no way no
1: way, you can't
0: say that <laughs> um,
1: at Thomas J. O'Brien 86 says, can you think of a united player whose stock has risen with United fans quicker in one season than Marcus Rocco? um I guess uh the class of 92 in totality across the course of 1995 96, their stock rose pretty quickly with fans. Uh, a lot of fans agreeing with that you'll never win anything with kids on that first day of the season. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, I'm again spanked by Villa of all teams.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, true, true. Uh
0: but look, there's been times when when, well, the aforementioned Chris Smalling went from total brain dead villain against Manchester City to to being United's rock at the back. Yeah. As well. And you Valencia know, he was down in the pits. Year. I mean, Rojo was universally panned, wasn't mm. he?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and between sort of uh, what October and March ish? He was very very good for United. Totally agree. Uh,
1: and Valencia this season's another one who's had a similar level of uh, zero to hero um, status. But no, so it's unusual that you get such dramatic swings in form, but it does happen. Uh, at burksand says I'm oh Andy Cole, Andy Cole. Um, after was it the second season when he really quite, scored far, quite a few goals that first half of season he was here and then he had a really difficult second season and then and then his third season he really grew um, so that's that's probably another one maybe. Uh, at Burksand says I'm coming to Manchester for the first time to watch a game. What would you recommend to a first timer? Mm, leave it till next season, <laughs> really. If Palace <laughs> is the game you're coming from, uh, to well you know enjoy the
0: reserves. Yeah. Um, And... And (laughs) Samplax,
1: yeah, or maybe hotel football, or um, uh, try and go to the the Manchester Football Museum, the Football Museum, which is in Manchester. Um, That's supposed to be really good. I've not been, um, so I'm giving you advice that I haven't yet taken myself. Uh, Make sure you just enjoy the kind of travel and being around. Try and talk to um, talk to people, talk to fans, um, because like try and make sure they're not too drunk. (laughs) Um, And but if they're not, then then you know it's nice to. Meet people from different parts of the world that follow United. One of the joys of doing this podcast has been getting to meet so many people, um, uh, and and so so kind of trying to have some conversations with fans. That's that's one thing I'd recommend. Get a Samblat, see if you can start a song off.
0: If not, climb on the roof and do something stupid.
1: <laughs> You could definitely start a song off in San Platts as well. You just have to go and stand in that middle bit outside and just start. If you're on the Stretford end, you might have a chance of starting a chant as well. I did it once. Once I started like a 10-minute calypso, one of the best days of my life. Um, at AGS76, Steve Milliken, alternately friend of the show and block via ed of the show. Um, any point in Wednesday, uh, until next Wednesday in Stockholm? Absolutely not. That's why we're answering all these Twitter questions because we're not really going to do previews of the games because they don't matter at all. Um, at BBishop87 says, What part of Tottenham owning Delhi Alley do all their fans think we don't all understand? Seems a fairly cut and dry issue to me. <laughs> Yeah, that is a really good point. Uh, I tell you what, I
0: I wouldn't mind sticking 60 million quid on the table and seeing if they'd take that.
1: (laughs) I suspect the answer would be no somehow. Can you imagine the PR nightmare for Spurs if in their first season away from White Hart Lane they sell Dali Ellie of all players? I guess only Harry Kane would be a worse nightmare for them to lose.
0: Yeah, they're st- still they're gonna revert to the mean, aren't they, next season? Seventy point season, fifth, whatever. Something like that.
1: Uh, what makes you say that? Well they'd be playing at Wembley where they are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean if they get off to a bad start, that's gonna be that's gonna be real trouble for them. But they've built a serious team there. Um, they've
0: a very serious team. They've got a very good manager. They have a very poor record at Wembley. you you know, maybe they'll fix that. I, I don't have, have they got restrictions on capacity? I think they might have. I don't know whether they're gonna be getting ninety thousand every uh, every week or so. But um they've just got to embrace it and uh take the positives out of playing in uh, with the big pitch and expand how they play. I mean they do play with some width, not not any traditional wingers by any means and uh those fallbacks, you know, Yeah. (laughs) They stick wide. Uh, Well, you know, um, Walker's going to go, isn't he? So, uh, because he's fallen out with the manager, and and, uh, uh, Danny Rose might be at Manchester City, so we'll see. Um, uh, You know, I, I guess keeping their squad together over the summer will be their priority, as it has been for many a year with Spurs. You know, they've normally been a selling club. Maybe they're not going to be any more. We'll see. They do have an £800 million bill coming up.
1: Uh, they need to make sure that they don't spend more than £15 million on a player. Because if they buy players for £30 million, it's Moussa Sissoko. But their kind of £15 million range is much more successful. That's obviously ridiculous. I'm just, you know, uh, picking on their sample size. Um, friend of the show, at Eddie Chemical, Ed Simon says, any reason to believe we can challenge for the top three in the next two seasons? Wow, oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, <laughs> if we're not Jose's out, yeah, I, I think there's reason to believe it, and and I think one of the reasons to believe it is Paul Pogba, um, and another one of the reasons to believe it is the 200 million reasons or whatever that we're going to invest again this summer. Um, so yeah, who's the defensive midfielder
0: that United are going to bring in? Because it got to, otherwise it's Fellaini next season. Mm,
1: yeah, that's a good question. Do you have any ideas who it might be? No, no, I don't know. Yuri Tillemans is going to Monaco. He's not really a defensive midfielder either, is he? Um, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll play against someone at Ajax. If, if it was Van Aal, whoever impressed us from Ajax would, would get the gig.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I mean, talking at Monaco, um, uh, Fabino has been outstanding for them in that position this season.
1: Yeah, Mendes client as well, I believe. Two plus two equals. Um, so, what... <laughs> equals M-U-F-C. No, no. Um, 1 plus 1 equals M-U-F-C. The special 1-1. One, one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's the results always. 2 plus 0, 20 times 20 times. Anyway, that's not what 2 plus 0 is. Bad maths at old school underscore United. We'll answer this one real quick. If the players switch off for the next two games, can they just expect to switch it on again in the final easily? That's the big question. I mean, I guess the hope is that it's only two weeks between the semi-final and the final, so it's not that long of downtime, you know. Um, at Nick Gilbert eighty six says choosing between Phil Jones and Chris Morning for Ajax is as painful as choosing between a kick in the shins and a punch in the stomach. Any creative solutions? Um a back free of Twanzebe, Blint and David De Gea. And then you can get both De Gea and Romero in the team. Yeah, very good. I don't think that's allowed. <laughs> At Brandon Ulrich Two says, Any exciting summer plans? Good question, Brandon. Um I- I'm gonna I'm gonna be in um I'm gonna be in the States for quite a while
0: actually. Not nice. Um, about a month or so. So yeah, I shall be um on the west coast. Does it... Like, in California, which is, like, the nicest place on the
1: planet. Does it coincide with any American sporting events? Are you going to get to see any American sport, do you think?
0: I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll probably try and go to, um, I'll go to some MLS. Um, I'll be there when it's on, and maybe some baseball, which is really, really dull and totally pointless, but you can drink beer for four hours and eat hot dogs.
1: You could just do that without going to the baseball, you know. You are allowed it would make it a lot better, wouldn't it? <laughs> At underscore Alex Turk with Spurs and Chelsea moving out of their respective stadiums, do you see Man United moving away from Old Trafford in the next five years? Uh, absolutely not. No. Not the least of which reason is because um, from what they were, they leaked earlier this season, or maybe maybe it wasn't a leak. Maybe they should talk to journalists about it. Um, the uh, the redevelopment of the South Stand building technology has. Improved, so they wouldn't need the room before they get to that train track, so they could now expand the South stand um without having without having to like do massive c p o s and move the train track and all that kind of stuff so I think that I guess that will happen in the next five years i suppose well,
0: maybe i mean there's a i mean i guess the 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 amount of money available in the Premier League makes it more realistic that it could happen. Uh, given the costs available, but in, in the past they've, you know, they've just run a, A, the feasibility study, which they've done a couple of now, technical feasibility, but financially it's, it's, it this is not, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could have an extra 20,000 people at Old Trafford? It's, hey, will this make us any more money or not?
1: It'd be, You'd imagine if they could do it, they could really make that place loud again by doing something to keep the sound in. I mean, I know one of the problems is, like, not allow a lot of sound is generated sometimes, but... So much of it gets lost. The difference between sitting in the south stand and the way the kind of sound gets swallowed up down into that middle section of the south stand versus kind of sitting anywhere else in the ground and, and all the sound just dissipates. You get all the roofs at the same height. I'm sure you could then get, a, get an engineer to do something about the acoustics in that building and it would be, in that stadium, it'd be just brilliant, could make so much difference. But obviously that's not going to be a priority. Um, at 1NE underscore Nishant says, I wonder if you think a 421, a 5212 or a 433 is more suited to this current United side. I think whatever the first number is, the first number should be a four. I'm not a massive traditionalist, but Man United and back three is not a good match.
0: Mourinho in a back three is not a good match because it's never a back three. It's a back five or six or seven.
1: Yeah, And that 5-2-1-2 that I kind of agree is roughly what we've been playing. It's just a complete nightmare when the ball gets into the opposition half because there's just no one around. The amount of times there was only one person in the half or one person and Rooney or one person and Rooney and Mata who between them couldn't really keep up with Martial, obviously. Uh,
0: I mean... All these numbers, I'd rather be ringing 0898 something. It'd be a lot more entertaining than what we've
1: been served up over the last few games. Um, At Munoz underscore Victor underscore says, the dumbest question you'll receive, would you rather just use Messi or prime Rio and Vidic in the Europa League final? So if you can import either Messi or Rio and Vidic, um, I think we, and and this is absolutely ridiculous, I think we need Rio and Vidic more. I think no one's going to get the ball to Messi and when he gets it, he's going to have no one to give it to at the moment.
0: It's messy, he doesn't need to give it to anyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just does it on his own. Um, i tell you what, you'd you pay, some, you, you pay
0: a, a significant amount of money to get Ronaldo back as one game, a one-game ringer, wouldn't you? Oh,
1: th- th- that would be ideal. I kind of think I'm very firm on where I stand on the Messi-Ronaldo debate, but the player that could directly change United more right now, uh, Ronaldo's directness, would be pretty massive.
0: Yeah, uh, they say he's had a bad season. He's, uh, he's only scored the 36 goals.
1: Um, at Breaking Dar, says Boots or Boots. It's the latter, obviously. Uh, that's a Stormzy reference, Ed. At Malcolm P89, says, Is a Marquinhos, Fabinho, Rodriguez, Bernardo, Silva and Griezmann transfer window possible? And would that make us title favourites? Wow.
0: No. And for, uh, who knows?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say no and no, actually, because I, I think I, I'm not saying we're title favourites on the basis of transfers anymore. Uh, it's only once we see how it's working. Um,
0: yeah, no, I think that's fair enough, yeah. Look, this isn't fantasy football, is it? I mean, I guess United will spend a lot of money in the summer, but um, so will a lot of other clubs, and two it's more, highly, highly competitive. Two more questions, Ed. Um
1: At Shet91 says, why is Paul staring into the distance during every full-time Devils preview? Uh, Yeah, it's just because of my setup here. Um, It's not because I'm not paying attention. Uh, I tend to find myself looking out the window when other people are talking because I'm thinking about what they're saying. And if I look at them, I'm looking down instead of into the camera. It's a whole thing. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) there is a specific reason. Um, At Oisin underscore Mac underscore Hugh says, uh, sorry if that's terribly pronounced, O'Sheen maybe anyway uh who wins the champions league final this is our last question
0: yeah it's going to be a good one isn't it uh, i guess madrid are narrow favorites but they have such an excellent excellent defensive system and all-round balance uh that they've um, you know they deserve to be where they are in the final for sure
1: you sort of think that it, 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 like uh, i can't remember where i heard this it was on another football podcast um someone was saying it's been painted I think it was James Horncastle on F- Football Weekly was saying this has been painted as Madrid's attack against Juventus' defence, but Juventus' attack is a much more sort of dangerous proposition now, and it kind of is, although you would you bet against Higuain missing an absolutely golden opportunity in this final and that thus right. surrendering the uh, um impetus to Madrid. Yeah, he could well do. Yeah. Uh, there was some speculation that uh,
0: United were interested. I would hope not. I mean, he's been a, a very, very good player. He, he just looks like a little on the podgy side, and uh, he's uh, he can miss good chances.
1: What you'd want is you'd want Iguain and Zlatan, and you play Iguain in all the games against uh, you know low-level teams that Zlatan can't be bothered against, and you play Zlatan against all the big big teams. That that would totally work. It wouldn't. But anyway, uh, that's a lot of questions. Uh, I don't know, Ed. I mean, I know we do previews every week. and They're not always that good, and sometimes we put a bit of effort into them when there's big games coming up. But what is the point of previewing either of these two games? That's why we've
0: got some special guests. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Fake out. We really should have done that, though. In-depth preview of Crystal Palace. Yeah, uh, he's going to make a load of changes. Uh, i presume um you know it'd be very odd if he played a full side against southampton uh, at the at the on uh wednesday night It is wednesday night very unusual playing on a wednesday night isn't it yeah
1: wednesday night yes but it's weird. it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right
0: uh, yeah, extra days rest before Palace, uh, in which he has promised an under-23 And six. that is
1: absolutely fair enough. Whatever the situation, you can't... I mean, the game just before the Europa League final, I mean, I suppose Rooney will play because it'll be his last time game. I wonder whether it'll be Carrick's last time game as well. I think it should be. I think Carrick is entering that, oh my goodness, this is not working anymore territory that all players get to at some point in their career. Yeah, uh,
0: it might be the last game for a number of players. It probably should be. Uh, it's, um, I, I guess, uh, a few of them who will only likely be on the bench or not in the squad at all will play, uh, plus a bunch of youngsters. Uh, it shouldn't make any difference at all, although fifth and sixth place could be in, up for play and that is worth about two million pounds.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on now, <laughs> let's, let's be serious then. Plus, I mean,
0: yeah, no, um. We're going to finish behind the worst Arsenal side in 20 years. Yeah.
1: I would quite like them to get the top four and Liverpool not to. Is that even mathematically possible still? I'm not sure if it is or not. Um, I think Liverpool's win maybe, maybe did, that, did that possibility in. Um, but, yeah. Uh... No, no. No, no. It's, it's, it's still
0: It's one from Liverpool, City or Arsenal into third and one from Liverpool, Arsenal and City into fourth basically, yeah.
1: Right, okay. I kind of hope that, I mean, ideally we'd want Liverpool to miss it, but they've already got 73 points and you'd rather have the points at this stage, wouldn't you?
0: And they play Borough on the last day of the season, don't they? And I can't remember who yeah. they play midweek, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, I, I think they're probably okay given that they play Borough on
1: the last day hey, of the season. Hey, we're guaranteed to finish ahead of Everton, right? They've, all, they've got, yes, yep. yes, we're not going to finish seventh. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: oh yeah. my God yeah just the 120 million pounds spent in the summer and we've gone from fifth to yeah we've got
1: more points better goal difference actually i don't know if we've got when the league when we were still caring about the league we had more points and better goal difference and all that stuff uh, and we might end up winning two trophies and getting into the champions league and our league position if the europa league didn't offer a champions league place our league position would be different right now Um, because we would have had a very different season to giving up on the Europa League instead of the league, basically.
0: Yeah, um, I guess so. But Jose had a big rant this week, uh, mocking others chasing the top four as if it was a prize when United go after silverware.
1: he's such a hypocrite it's unbelievable I don't have a problem with that by the way I think that's comp- no, it's great trolley. yeah exactly I think he kind of knows what he's doing I don't think he's completely disappeared into the narcissistic vacuum of not being aware of his own uh, idiosyncrasies shall we say uh, is that it for the podcast well let's predict scores because we always do that um, I, think well, I-, I think we're going to lose this Southampton it's there's all the momentum
0: has been sucked out of this team They'll make a bunch of changes. Southampton haven't got anything to play for
1: either, but it's their last home game of the season. So, yeah, I think we're going to lose 2-0. I've, I've, I've I'd say 2-1 on the full-time Devils preview, so I'll stick with that. Um, Palace at home. Ah, you know what? Palace will be on the beach. We'll play the under-23s. They'll try out their skins. He'll, he'll play Angel Gomez on the bench, and he'll come on and score the winner, and it'll be 1-0. There you go. Awesome. Uh, none of that's going to happen. Awesome. But one 0 to United. Yeah, I mean, if United were playing full side, I'd
0: I'd say a comfortable win, but it it won't be. So I'm going to say um, a draw. Okay. There we go. Let's be positive. So I predicted one defeat all season, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, you know, I'm um, clearly negative because uh, Loro hasn't predicted a defeat
1: for Liverpool in 20 years. Oh, yeah, Loro, in disguise. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, the, the show's so downbeat. It's not our fault, it's the football. Um, and uh, be good to each other. Be kind. Be loving. Be understanding of difference. Be tolerant. Don't vote for the Tories, uh, all, all that stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, we don't do politics on this I mean, podcast, do we? We don't do politics generally, but we do that right once, once every five years or every year at this current rate. Here's a question for you: yeah.
0: Looking through the United Squad, yeah. who are the Tories in it? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: like everyone, basically, except for maybe maybe some of the Spanish lads. I don't know. No, because you know they're all. They're all in that bracket that would be negatively affected, aren't they? (laughs) All right. right.
0: Politics cast. Preview just there.
1: Uh, Bonus content coming up. Big Q&A. As if we haven't had enough questions, we've got some more from Patreon backers. Um, Everyone else, we'll see you next week.
0: See you then.